1: Good evening and welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by FL Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And tonight on the program, uh, wow, what timing! <laughs> you know, it, you know, Dan. Last week, you know, after the
2: after the the terrible floods, uh, and everybody's still kind of picking up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a plumbing and heating company on today. Cyber attacks, ransomware. And we happen to have Fix Me Stick, who is there? They have a product that cleans uh, viruses that
1: stays up to date. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, this was like weeks and months ago. You can't can't plan this stuff. <laughs> so Marty from Fix Me Stick will be along shortly. Kevin Ammerman, IT specialist as well a little later on the program with some helpful advice for entrepreneurs about that bug and other related issues. And if you've uh, uh, had uh, seen some of those warnings today or even been infected, uh, stay tuned for Kevin later in the show because it should be uh, interesting. Um, first some uh, entrepreneurial news and notes and uh, my question of the week is on expansion. Um, how would uh, an ambitious young entrepreneur go about uh, entering a new market, one that's not as uh, familiar with uh, with the products? Go there. You've got to go there. Uh, that That is only one aspect. I mean,
2: because you have to, when you've been living in your own town for a long time and you want to venture out, you can read stuff online, you can do as much research as possible. But if you're not on the ground there, it's going to be really hard to gauge. It's going to be really hard to ensure that reality matches what you're reading online. I would say that's that's first and foremost. The second, depending on the size of undertaking you want, depending if you want boots on the ground or if it's more of an online service that you, know, you just kinda wanna venture out into other markets, look for maybe a partner. Not everybody wants to have partners, I get that. Sometimes partners are a little bit difficult, but if you can find that strategic partner to help you expand in that market because they're local, I, I preach this all the time. When it's a much further market, you know, if it's Europe or we, as we've spoken before, if it's Hong Kong or China, you need to find that local partner because Western to Eastern there is a, a major gap. If you're going from, uh, all, some say from Montreal to Toronto, I'm going it could down to four hundred one. That's how I'm going, Josh. <laughs> Rescue four hundred one, but uh, but. Really apply it to anywhere you want to go because a lot of people, forget just down the 401, they want to go from Canada to the US. I say there's a lot of similarities, but there's definitely a number of differences as well. And if you don't have those local boots on the ground or you don't go and check out things for yourself, you can absolutely miss some crucial matters that could make your business a success or a flop. Hmm.
1: And how do you attract attention in a market uh, that uh, that you're starting from scratch in?
2: How much budget do you have? Oh, yeah, you know, are, <laughs> it's uh, you, you know, is is a gorilla marketing? Uh, you know, Dan, this is kind of right up your alley. how mm-hmm. much How much do you use your your online kind of the free media versus making sure that people walk through the door people know you. You know, spending uh, the blitz, the spending blitz can absolutely attract a lot. you, you You've seen it in so many online businesses. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it in a number of your clients. Where's your budget? I think that's almost the first or the determining factor on. What path do you want to take? Because if you have no money, it's a very different aspect. If you have a million bucks, you can spend on
1: marketing. I've also told clients with similar concerns to just go out into that market and give stuff away. Get, you know, get involved in the community, do charity work. You know, get, that's that's a great quick way to uh, to establish yourself.
2: Well, part of it is not just dollars; it's time. Do you have the time? Where are you sacrificing? Where is the bang for the buck? Mm-hmm. Is it better for you? Do you have the time to spend three, four, five hours a day on giving away or spreading that knowledge? Or you better off spending a thousand bucks a day and saving your three, four, five hours for working on your business and finding that next best strategy
1: move. So often on the show, we've been talking about uh, a lot of AI stories. This one from Financial Post: Machine learning helps large companies hire better, potentially cutting turnover. And speaking of machine learning and AI, uh, today just a massive investment announced by the Quebec government right here in Montreal. Another hundred million dollars going to the tech sector. And, and you know montreal is
2: really rapidly I, i've heard this from people outside saying yeah montreal you're really known for technology you're really known for which i think is is great to hear when it's when it's unsolicited something is working well maybe it's you know the ubisofts of the world maybe it's uh, mel studio who who knows what aspect of it i mean there there there's a lot of tech companies here and there's no question that there is some investment how you qualify for that for getting that that government investment though that that that's a whole other story but certainly uh the the ability for computers and we and we've spoken about this before Dan artificial intelligence can absolutely cut down and make your lives and businesses lives far more efficient in this particular article it was about hiring it was about how can you automate the hiring policy you can there are software is out there or programs out there that can run through CVs. You list a certain amount of criteria and CVs, and instead of taking you a day to go through a hundred CVs, they can do it in seconds. So the question is you have to identify the first criteria, no question about it, but once you have that identified, and then you can narrow down so the people you do meet, because artificial intelligence, the computer programs, won't replace that, and, and everybody recognizes that, it won't replace that that gut feeling, it won't replace how do you how do you feel out an attitude or make sure there's a character fit? That's always going to be huge in any, any hiring. And we've heard that from, from a multitude of entrepreneurs here. It's not about the knowledge. It's about the character fit and the attitude as well. The artificial intelligence computer programs can narrow down your search and try and find a better candidate. But at the end of the day, I firmly believe it's never going to replace the gut feel of sitting face to face in front of the person and hearing and seeing their visual cues. On how they react and how how they are in front of you,
1: not anytime soon, anyway. Um, one uh, area where robots could automate perhaps a lot quicker is uh, farming and uh, this uh, new wave of automated orchards. And I guess it, it it it's
2: always been around for the easy pickings, you know, so to speak. <laughs> you know, yeah, the 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 grains, you know, it's always been easier on the grains. But when you come to more delicate fruits, you know, when you're picking grapes or bear, you know, something that where the harvester really kind of looks and feels the, in this particular, my, my example, the grape to see if it's ready or not, that's something that technology is really advancing on. I don't know if it's there yet, but there's certainly massive investments to get, to automate or find the robots to do the harvesting of the more delicate items out there that are still today picked by hand
1: by whatever laborers they, they want to use uh, illegal or not uh chatbots speaking of ai they can help a business and do some customer service for you, for you but uh, they're not quite advanced enough to replace uh, all your customer service staff just yet
2: we've spoken about chatbots before and you know to the extent what businesses really work well with it you can it's amazing the technology and the programming out there and what what chatbots I'm sure that there are people that have been chatting with with companies that think they're chatting with a real person. I've done that <laughs> when it's absolutely not a real Just person. Just the other night,
1: actually, with the food app.
2: The, there you go. Yeah. So perfect example. It, you're talking with a computer. You are basically chatting, trying to get information. And the, the simpler the business, the more you know, the more automated. You know, what are the shipping terms? And how do I get the product? And what's delivery time? And and what are the return? These these program responses are easy. It's when you're getting to the more touchy feely. You know, how, how many people have expressed, you know, uh, have, have liked the product? How many told you about the colors? And even that can be programmed. But there are certain aspects that, and certain businesses where you won't be able to have a chatbot or where you're going to actually want to throw it to an individual and to create that personal relationship or that personal link. We always talk about how the customer needs a reason why to walk into a store or why to buy a product. Chatbots can take you. So far and maybe all the way in certain certain examples certain products. but if you really want to engage a customer, how do you replace a person? I, I'm biased you know I, I love the, I love the technology but I'm a I'm a people person I'm a face to face guy even though this is radio and uh, it's it's just something that I don't know if it will ever truly be replaced.
1: Now, this uh, story from Financial Post about dating your digital assistant. I'm curious about this, Josh, uh, because you're not supposed to date your actual assistant.
2: No, no, no. Don't uh, don't sleep with the payroll, uh, as as they kind of say. Is it any <laughs> I guess
1: you can date your digital assistant.
2: You could date your digital assistant. It's kind of weird and a little creepy, but hey, what <laughs> whatever. Uh, there is actually a, a Japanese uh, company. This is an article I read uh, today. And there was a Japanese company that is, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, with their Siri or your Apple Echo or whatever, you're, you're, you're getting your information. But it's not personal. And I think the strange part is people want to kind of have that emotional attachment or that emotional exchange with anybody that's trying to help them find something. So this Japanese company is now creating or has created, I don't know how, I don't know if it's commercialized yet, a hologram. So it's not just, you're not just talking to a box, you're actually talking to a hologram within a, within a little box. And she had. In this case, it was a her. She had motions, and she would answer. And they're programming for her to be a little playful and be a little, you know, a little bit outside the 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 regular, just giving information, because they feel that more and more people want to have an emotional exchange not not a physical emotional change that's impossible but some type of connection you know hey how's it going do you know you want to it, it, it's it's kind of interesting i don't know if i would want to do that but uh, but there are plenty of people out there that want to you know that that want to date siri how many how many times have has somebody asked you know siri do you have a boyfriend um i believe they've tracked it and it's uh, i don't know how many millions of times and they program a response but it's a very canned response and where this Japanese company is going is maybe a little bit less canned, maybe a little bit more flirty, oh and God. maybe and maybe that will be a
1: little better. All kind right. of creepy, but who knows? Whatever gets you through the day, I guess. Um, we'll chat with Marty from Fix Me Stick in a second and talk a lot about IT security on the program uh, tonight with Kevin Ammerman and a little bit about that famous worm. <laughs>
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you for today's Entrepreneur. And this evening, we welcome Marty Algeyer from Fix Me Stick on a very uh, apropos evening as everyone is talking about uh, computer viruses. Uh, Marty, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we'll get into some some of that news in a little bit, but first, uh, tell us simply about uh, FixMeStick. What is it you do for a living?
3: Sure. So the FixMeStick is a computer virus removal
1: device. And so uh,
3: you take this uh, USB stick, you plug it into your infected computer, and it cleans viruses off. So I think everyone's familiar with the the antivirus software, antivirus programs have been around for a long time. And so uh, that, by comparison, is a protection product. So that's like keeping, keeping malicious software and bad things off the computer. Um, and uh, essentially every computer in the world is running some kind of antivirus protection. But the nature of Internet security is such that uh, bad things still get through. And when they do, they can be sort of painful and, and, and frustrating to get off. And that's what the fix-me-stick does. It, it's, a, it's the get-it-off product. It's like uh, the day after pill, <laughs> it's a, it is a uh, so so tell That's me, right. Marty,
2: where did this come about? Like, how, how long ago, how old is Fix Me Stick? When did you guys start?
3: So, uh, my co founder and myself started the company in 2011 and we launched the first version of the product in uh, 2012.
2: Now, where did this come from? Were, you, were your background in security or in computer knowledge, background programming? Where, where did this develop? From?
3: Yeah, my, my, my first. Uh, job out of university was uh, at a Montreal startup that was in computer security. And so um, I, I, I sort of cut my teeth in internet security at a company called Zero Knowledge Systems, started in 1998. And uh, by the time Corey and I left in, uh, in 2011, um, we had been developing and, 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 and sort of working on computer security products um, for all those years.
2: Now I know you're you know you're coming out with a brand new product. Uh, there probably wasn't much competition at the time, not for this uh, specific item. But there there there's no question that you had to get the word out. Like when when you when you first started, you had that you were developing the product, but you had to think about getting the word out. So what was kind of the first thought or first step?
3: The our our first way of getting the the word out was really. We 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 were hustling and, and grinding out one sale at a time on the internet. So we would uh, try and get the product reviewed. Uh, we got an early review by by PC Magazine, and so uh, that generated a nice uh, spike in, in sales. Um, then that that spike went right back down, and we had to keep we had to keep going and find. Uh, we started so we started with trying to get reviews, and then used that those positive reviews to to get the ball rolling with the press and really focused on sort of the free or earned media at that stage. It was all all earned, earned. (laughs) hard-earned. As
2: as it always is, I'm sure. And then, of course, you had an appearance on Dragon's Den. So that's going to be super interesting to hear about Um, when we come back from the break, a little bit more about marketing and Dragon's Den
1: and Marty and Fix Me Stick. Yeah, we'll hear a clip from that Dragon's Den uh, episode, plus Kevin Ammerman on the way about IT security as well on Today's Entrepreneur.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller-Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: We're chatting with Mar- Marty Algeyer of Fix Me Stick and talking about IT security and other issues. Uh, Marty, you actually had an appearance on Dragon's Den, and uh, we'll let you fill, in this, fill us in on that in a second. But first, here's a bit of a clip. Uh, and how long ago was this?
3: This was uh, January 2014. All right,
1: here's uh, Fix Me Stick on Dragon's Den. On your own yep well oh, you got every dragon making an offer five hundred deal, mm-hmm. and they're
4: all equity offers except mine which lets you keep your company
0: or you can have working partners who are going to actually oh, also, be in I'm the business and help i'm also a very good working
4: help. partner just, i don't steal your
1: equity that's all all right how did uh, how did that end and uh, did he do a deal with uh, the uh, the famous mr wonderful <laughs>
3: the uh you know we were we were very impressed by Mr. Wonderful when we were uh, when we were there, as we felt like he was um, he was he was sharp, sharp business thinker and and a a you know, he asked good questions and he clearly understood what we were doing. So so we liked him right from that perspective. And uh, it ended by we we selected Dave. We stuck with Dave Chilton and and Arlene Dickinson from the uh, for uh, for our deal, and then uh, when our when our when 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 our pitch ended, uh, Bruce Croxton um, came around and and asked to, to be included in the next phase, and so and we were um, we, we thought that was a good idea, and so we we worked with all three of them. Did the deal happen in the end? Uh, the deal did not happen in the end, and so the way that that uh, that it works is we. Uh, behind stage, there's like a picnic table, and uh, we we signed a um, we signed a term sheet, which is you know which is at that point they'd never they'd never heard nor seen a fix me stick until two minutes prior, and so it was a we signed a term sheet. And most of the terms were non-binding, and um, then uh, when they the 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 schedule then is they finish taping shows for another few months, and then due diligence starts. And by the time we got through or deep into due diligence, our business had changed quite a bit.
2: So was it worth it to you in the end? I mean, the, the time that you put in. It's the a no brainer.
3: It's an absolute no no brainer. I would strongly encourage anyone with a startup or with a with a business, whether it's a consumer or or a business to business, doesn't matter. Getting on national TV for free is an awesome deal. Like. <laughs>
2: No, there's no question. And there's, yeah. there's certainly a lot of different aspects, a lot of different marketing channels and, and media forms. We've spoken about many on the show before. And one that was kind of interesting when we when we spoke off air is, is that you really prefer the traditional media to the online media, even though you sell online. So when we come back from the break, we'll chat a little bit more about your marketing efforts, what kind of works for you and what necessarily perhaps didn't work for you.
1: And uh, we'll continue with that. We're chatting with Marty Algeyer of Fix Me Stick, and later on the program, Kevin Ammerman, IT specialist, will stop by to talk about that infamous bug that's going around.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau. Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on FLmontreal.com.
1: Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur presented by FL Fuller-Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar along with FL's Josh Miller and our guest this evening is Marty Alguire of Fix Me Stick, and coming up on the program, we'll talk more about IT and security issues with Kevin Ammerman, about that the famous bug that's going around. Uh, but for now, Marty, um, let's talk about marketing and how you get the the word out for Fix Me Stick. Um, you're a big fan of traditional media, which I think is interesting. And um, you know, for for a product that uh, that is uh, geared towards computers, tell me why you gravitate towards uh, tr- traditional media like TV. When we started to advertise the product, we we uh,
3: my co-founder Corey Bellin and I both have were were we're internet-y by background, so we're sort of computer engineers by trade. We like to do everything on the computer, and we assumed that we go along with digital advertising, and which we knew a little bit about, and we knew nothing about traditional media. I mean, you can't, you cannot know less than what we knew about traditional media, and then um, internet advertising completely failed to generate any prospects or sales for our business we We lost all our money. Not, <laughs> not, even on on the, not
2: even on the branding side, the visibility to no. to get people recognize that it exists.
3: No, we could we could spend I mean, for our budgets unlimited amounts, and it would not increase sales, for example, in 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 retail or anywhere else. Um, it's a uh, first failed in digital advertising, and that sort of pushed us towards traditional media. Where we kind of fell over in, into some early successes, and we didn't we didn't really know why, but we so knew, were, we knew what, enough to to go
2: back there. <laughs> what were those successes? What did work for you
3: then? It, it started with a radio show on a AM at a talk radio program at a Calgary. I was invited to do an interview, like early morning uh, drive time, and um, I, I did this interview with the host. And it uh, it went it went really well, and and Corey was was at the, we, we didn't we didn't have a phone at the office at the time, so I was I was at home to to do the interview, and Corey was in the office, and it's a we could just we saw the the traffic on our website uh, jump, and we realized that we wanted to make that happen. Again, you know, as as often as possible. Sure. And so I, I, at first, our feeling was, well, we can just get interviewed all the time, like like twice a day. We'll just get interviewed. It's going to be great. And then we, e- we easier said than done. <laughs> we, Tell
2: me about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can come on next week and the week after. Yeah. We'll have fun.
3: Yeah. And then then we learned that uh, actually we we can't be interviewed all all the time. That's not that's not we're not newsworthy all the time. And and so that led us to traditional advertising. Uh, which has been great for our business.
2: So now you you've been on radio. what about and you've been on Dragon's Den? What about other types of, of media or on on TV or whatever? A uh, home shopping network, I think you, you we were kind of talking about off air. Talk a little bit about that and how that's helped you. Sure. So we
3: initially we, we, we started with 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 radio as a, as a means to test uh, traditional media with 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 modest budgets. And that went very well. It got our our, our confidence into uh, a lot, like a bigger production budget and uh, to invest in the creation of a TV spot. And we've been running uh, our TV spot in the United States and, and, and Canada, um, you know, different, different times of the year for, for almost two years. And so uh, traditional media remains the, the, the workhorse of building awareness and uh, and leads for the for the me stick.
2: Do you outsource that? Do you hire outside people? Do you have your own marketing team from within, or do you did you hire outside to create the ad and, and find the find the space and?
3: Our first our first ad uh, we used an agency in Seattle uh, that that specialized in well there are lots of direct response uh, specialty agencies. This is one that we were referred to and we trusted it. And uh, our second ad we made it ourselves. So I was the the producer. Uh, Corey's been the pitch man in both ads. And so he's an outstanding, uh, it's, it's an outstanding talent in that way. He has other talents, but I don't think anyone saw this one coming. Because he's highly, highly analytical and intelligent, but also uh, was it was it yeah.
2: a good experience using a, a, an outside party, like compared to when you produced it yourself? Why why did you bring it back in house? I'll never
3: do it again. So I think it was a it was a uh, I'd much rather I, we we won't produce another spot ourselves again. So we think it, it turned out okay there are uh, there are things that we don't we don't like about it and i'm at the stage where i don't it's a we were so budget focused and we saw an opportunity to to save some money and we thought do it well by ourselves and in the end uh i don't think we did yeah. and and um i'm i i don't want to uh to to work so hard to do mediocre things, right? Yeah.
2: Now I, we'll move on to marketing in a sec, but I just have one question because Home Shopping Network, we we haven't really delved into that with many other entrepreneurs on the show. Mm-hmm. How does it work? Did you is it do you have to get the right product do you have the right spot? Do you have to pay them a percentage. Just in a quick nutshell, how does it work? Sure.
3: So the um, the home shopping uh, channel in Canada is called the Shopping Channel. Uh, in the U.S., there there are multiple. The biggest are QVC and the Home Shopping Network. Uh, we sell on both, uh, in both countries. It's a uh, it's a huge account for us. So it's 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 fundamental to our business is, is are these home shopping networks and they work like a traditional retailer with no stores. And so it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a percentage of the MSRP or a percentage of the consumer price. And uh, instead of putting it on the shelf and, and driving weekly fl- flyers and rebates, uh, they, they, they do a show, and you, got a, you know, a host and an, an expert and they present the product. And we think that's why we've done so well on home shopping is because, you know, ours is a new brand um, and it's, it's a new type of product. It's not like, a new brand of toothbrush where everyone knows what a toothbrush is. It's a it's a new brand of a virus removal device and that needs to be explained. So does
2: that mean there's no competition?
3: It means there's no there there are no other virus removal devices on the shelf or on or on the home shopping network for that matter. But there are other ways to remove a virus from your computer. So we we, we compete with sort of the, the those other
1: solutions. Is it important to have that physical product, especially for older consumers who are used to buying something and actually feeling it?
3: I think we've found that people really like having a tangible wrap your hand around something and plug it in type of a product. Um, the nature of our, of our solution is that it, it, has to, it, it does have to be an external device. And so it's a, uh, the software, the, the viruses that we're removing will sabotage um, antivirus programs and prevent them from being able to do their thing. And so if you get infected like that, uh, you, you need an external device to get it off. And so that's, um, that's what the Fix Me Stick is.
2: Now you you mentioned your partner Corey Vellin who's not here with us this evening but there's a partnership. Do you guys get along? Do you step on each other's toes? Do you do you share the roles? Do you have distinct roles? How do you guys work together?
3: We've got we 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 get along very well. We've been we've been working together for 14 years. Uh, sometimes in in uh, in a room, you know, like a 12 by 12 room, uh, chairs backing up against each other while we uh, wrote software and and, and worked on. Uh, our entrepreneurial sort of ventures. Um, at, at the current, with Thickman Stick in its current size, we we had no choice but to divide and conquer, and so we do. Uh, we, we we rarely work on the same thing together, simply because we we don't have, we can't grow that way. We've got to break it down and um, and each uh, be responsible for our own things. Does that mean you meet formally now
2: versus just you know backing chairs. Each other <laughs> we still
3: we still have few we 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 have few weeks. We don't ha- we have few weekly meetings but we meet all the time I mean we're still uh we're separated by a eight inch wall and uh I see I still see Corey more than my family
2: <laughs> which means you love him very much how do you resolve your differences
3: <laughs> the, we we both we tell each other that um that we're not emotional or sensitive and uh we just hammer things out and uh we try and be aware of our own our own bias um and I tend to have more of those than, than he does, <laughs> and we hammer
2: hand, we hand things in. Makes a good partnership, I'm sure. I know that there's so much more to talk about, Marty, you know, from uh, manufacturing, where you get your product, and distribution, and the human resources, and all that. We're just running out of time with such, uh, such great information, so you'll have to
1: come back uh, another time. But in the meanwhile, thanks very much uh, for that part of the story. Then we'll have Marty's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur at the end of the show. And next, Kevin Ammerman, IT specialist, joins us to talk about that big bug that's going around and how it can uh, perhaps uh, how we can help save your business, uh, at least the IT part.
0: Landau Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Inspiring stories from outstanding business people Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you for today's entrepreneur. We're chatting with Marty Alghair of Fix Me Stick. His one piece of advice for today's entrepreneurs on the way. Uh, but first, we'll uh, we'll bring in Kevin Ammerman, IT specialist at FL, uh, to talk about IT security and some of the big news that uh, came out today. Uh, welcome back, Kevin. Hello. So first, obviously the big story is the Wcry or WannaCry worm. Um, first, let's get the most important information out there for uh, for businesses. How it initially gets into your network, we're guessing
4: it's either by an email that you click on a link or through uh, a web page or pop up or something like that. But the problem is, once it's in your network, it spreads on its own. That's the way worms operate. Is once they have a foothold in your network, they just take over on their own and spread throughout the network. And you know you've got it when that infamous screen pops up saying, "Please pay me three hundred dollars to decrypt your files."
2: Hmm. And that's, you know, we hear a lot about ransomware, we hear a lot about the, the, the encryption and to pay for it. But do people have no choice? Is there, what, what can they do to not necessarily prevent it, but is there anything they can do to help minimize the damage?
4: Uh, certainly, yeah. So one good way to prevent damage is to make sure you have good backups, so you, you can just snap your system back to a previous point in time rather than pay that ransom. Um, it was kind of surprising. They had some figures on how much money had been paid to the, the ransom people. And it was something on the order of twenty or $30,000 or something like this. And, and based on the numbers of flying around of over 200,000 infections, uh, that's not a very good return for these guys. Um, so it sounds like a lot of people apparently have been smart have backed up their files or maybe they've just given up and walked away that's the other alternative
2: it's also a question about testing your backups because sometimes you can back everything up but you're not sure if it really works
4: to make sure you have you test your backups and you have layers of backup so a local backup maybe a cloud-based backup and to make sure you test both and and make sure that you're covered from end to end so not just your operating system files but most importantly your personal data and your business data
1: if you have automatic updates set on your PC or, or uh, on your Mac, uh, are you safe at this point?
4: Uh, this one didn't affect Macs at all. Um, and yes, if your automatic updates were running on Windows, you would be covered. Also, Windows 10 was completely it was unaffected by this altogether. Um, but a lot of people do disable their automatic updates. They find it intrusive, uh, which is a big mistake. It can really open up uh, your computer to a lot of troubles.
2: Now, there, there's a lot of these or these worms out there that could also be, take a lot of time to work through your system. Somebody could put something a hack in, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm really speaking, of, this is not my domain. Can somebody have a worm or, or a virus sent in that only takes effect a year from now?
4: That's sort of our big worry right now is that there's some sort of time bomb thing going on, um, that uh, maybe an encryption that's going on in the background that we can't see and it gradually takes over your computer and then one day you find it's all locked up. Um, that's the kind of thing we're a little bit worried about. If they if hackers find a way to come up with that kind of time delay, we could be in some serious trouble.
1: I've actually noticed uh, an entrepreneur specific pitch and and I think it's a virus that I've received from some emails and they'll start the the stranger will start the email with something like oh uh, I'd like to be a new client uh, here can you. Click here to check out my proposal. And it's for an entrepreneur, it's very tempting to click on that button.
4: That's the is honestly it's sort of sad to say, but the the technology behind the viruses has been a little bit lacking in the last I don't know 15 years. Um, they, there are some new surprises that come out every once in a while, but it's really social engineering that's the big driver behind how all these things spread these days, and uh, that's not going away. Ever since the infamous Anna virus years and years ago, uh, people have been finding different ways to lure you into clicking on different links. So comes, bottom line, it comes
2: back to our AI
1: discussion at the beginning, mm-hmm. saying they want an emotional connection <laughs> with a computer. They're going to click on things. So so bottom line if you're not expecting an attachment you should, should you not open it or even ask the, your contact if this is a real email from you or...
4: it's def- if you're not expecting something to come in from a, from anyone um, or if it looks in the least suspicious if you move your mouse over the links in the attachment in the document and they come up with anything out of the ordinary or if there's a pdf attached and you really were not expecting that just delete it call the sender and see if they were really trying to
1: send it to you more with kevin in just a second plus we'll have marty's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur that's next
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller-Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: We'll have Marty Allgaier's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur in a second. But first, IT security with Kevin Ammerman. And Kevin, what's the best way people can protect their businesses against these kinds of viruses? Does everyone need a Norton or a, a similar type of product?
4: You definitely need some kind of antivirus. So there's lots of different opinions about what's the best one out there. Um, Windows, Windows. F- in, I think it started in Windows 7 they started distributing uh, a product with the operating system that's pretty good but most people want some sort of extra level on top of that running on their personal computer and you definitely want something filtering your email before it gets to you but the best way to protect yourself is a little bit of education to take a very close look at the email and the links before you click on those links and to not be scared to ask if, if ever in doubt definitely call somebody who or you know, forward the email to somebody who's in the know about these things, and uh, get them to take a look.
2: Even if it looks like it looks real, and somebody's asking you to do something—a colleague, a boss—it's uh, not necessarily always correct. Thanks, Kevin, very much. And as we approach our last moment of the show, we'll turn to Marty Algeyer, Fix Me Stick, and ask you, Marty, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur?
3: The, uh, this would be my advice for the the older entrepreneur. So I, I I started Fix Me Stick when I was thirty six i uh, already had two two kids and a marriage so I had sort of uh i had responsibilities and i think it's it's a it's important to be to take a few moments early on or be, before you before you quit your job and 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 start something to take a few moments to be crystal clear about what what mistakes you can't afford to make uh which ones you, you can't afford to make and to, to share those with the people who um who depend on you
2: yeah don't necessarily jump right in with your gut. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> don't, don't,
3: don't, don't blow your savings.
2: Don't, don't blow your savings. Uh, not always the same advice that we hear from other entrepreneurs, but uh, but very interesting. Dan, my quick takeaway is, uh, and I've kind of said this before, it's kind of know what you don't know and don't be afraid to try something new. You know, they thought uh, Fix Me Stick was you know digital marketing, digital advertising. They realized as much as their product affects you know attached to computers
1: wasn't good. They realized that it was a traditional marketing that really worked for them. Thanks very much, Josh. And thanks to Marty of Fix Me Stick. Best of luck, Marty.
3: Thank you very much, guys.
1: And Kevin Ammerman will chat with you soon on Today's Entrepreneur as well. Listen to past episodes of Today's Entrepreneur at the community section at flmontreal.com. We are off next week, I believe. Correct. Back, Back May 29th. Sounds good. We'll see you then, Josh.